Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Book Geeks Uncompromised, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I would like to recommend the audiobook for World War Z by Max Brooks. Mm. I don't read honestly a whole lot of zombie books, mm-hmm. but I love I love this one. And the audiobook has a whole cast of narrators, um, including Nathan Fillion is yes. one of the narrators. I did not on know there. that. That's yeah, awesome. He is. That's awesome. Have, uh, have you read it? I've read the book. I never. I haven't listened to the audiobook though. I think it's a fantastic book. That's um, awesome. It's one. Again, I'm I'm a bit of a fraidy cat, but it had me up at night a little bit with you know <laughs> zombie apocalypse stuff right. stuff going on. Oh, yeah. It walks through where the outbreak of the zombie apocalypse began all the way up through trying to contain it, failing to contain it and the actual apocalypse coming about and strategies of dealing with it. It's a fantastic book and like I said, Nathan Fillion's part of the audiobook and he's amazing. So, you have to check it out. It's all about Brad Pitt, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, that was no. That was a movie. No. <laughs> to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc for your free audiobook. Welcome to Book Geeks Uncompromised. The entire series. I don't know what it was about this book. I just, I loved it so much. How do I know more about it than you do? And it's your number I'm one book. I'm bad with names, okay? Spoilers, <laughs> guys. And we are ready for some reading. When in doubt, be lame. Everyone buckle up. <laughs> Welcome to Book Geeks Uncompromised, where we make reading less solitary. This week is episode 77. This week, we read the graphic novel series Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Fiona Staples. Yes. Good stuff. First uh, graphic novel we'll have on the show, so very interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how this goes, how it uh, alters our review. Alters our, our review. Our, yeah. yeah, alters our discussion <laughs> how, a little how we bit. Do it. Yeah. Um, I don't read too many graphic novels. I read manga forever ago back in high school. Yeah. Because um, they had Shonen Jump at uh, my library all the right. time. Every time a new issue came out, I, the library had it. So I have read, I used to read some manga. I read it occasionally now and then. Like I recently read Orange. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have I read? I read the first monstrous book from a few years ago. Hmm. And you're missing out on Brandon Sanderson, Greg. He has a graphic novel out, too. Oh White God. Sand. Oh, my God. I do remember that. I remember it was that. okay. Yeah. It was not my favorite of his, but it's okay. I haven't read that, but I did hear about that. I remember he had something that got turned into a graphic novel. Yeah, it was that one. Right. Hmm. I do remember hearing that, so I know what my next purchase is. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're not um, graphic novel aficionados, I suppose. No. We are amateurs. But we have eyes. We have eyes. So we have, But we don't have much different. to compare it to. True. So, in a way... We're graphic novel virgins. Whoa, that's that's weird choice of words considering this book, this, this yeah, series. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Which we'll discuss later in the podcast. So, okay, so uh, news. news. Do you have anything fun, or do you want me to just do the three news I have? Go right for the only news I have is off the top of my head is Critical Role. So, and you don't want to hear that. Mm. No. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, some interesting ones this uh, this week. Mm-hmm. 
First, uh, Jay Kristoff wrote in a blog the reasons for Dark Dawn's delayed release, which Dark Dawn is the finer, final book in the Fine. Nevernight Chronicle. I like finer better. Finer. Finer books. Finer we don't know book. if it's finer. Finer. We'll have to read it before we know if it's finer. True. True. But it is the final. I was thinking of it just as a weird way to say final. Oh, okay. Uh, so he said that he should have it done by mid-June. Basically, the delays as it comes down to it is mostly quality. Yeah. He had most of the book written, I think, and then he's just uh, kind of going slowly through it just because of blog, or not blog tour, but tours mm. uh, for releases of Gemina. Or, you know, just signing <laughs> tours, book signing tours, <laughs> rock tours. I mean, I guess he could be a rock star. I mean, he go. looks like... He looks he like looks a rock like star. He could he have could been do a rock star it. at some yeah, point. I think he could. <laughs> he could manage that <laughs> and still get us a bunch of books out each year. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's planning on having the first draft of Dark Dawn done by mid June. He said in his blog post. After that, the process of just uh, you know second draft and just really fine tuning the book. Right. Uh, they said they could feasibly rush to get it done by December. But one, that would be a somewhat rushed final project. That's yeah. the final story in a series. So you don't want that. Right. Um, and then also, he said that nobody publishes anything in December unless it's a Christmas book. <laughs> so yeah. it just, I guess December books just don't sell very well. Yeah, probably statistically. So then he has two other books coming out next year. So it can't come out in January. So in March, the first book in the Andromeda Cycle, which is a spinoff of the Illuminate books. Oh, okay. And I think he said something. There's supposed to be some news on that soon. Ooh. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. So that's coming out in March. And then in May, the sequel to Lifelike, the book that just came out, mm -hmm. is coming out next May. So to give it space for the releases so the sales don't overlap each other and wow. one of them get absolutely slaughtered because right. the sales overlapping. And also, he goes on blog tours for all of those. So he's not <laughs> writing while he's doing blog tours. <laughs> so... Uh, it just puts the final, final, final release date for Dark Dawn at September Jeez. next year. It's crazy to think all the just extra stuff that comes with being an author. Because yeah. most people would think, oh, you write a book, it's over. You know, mm -hmm. you write it, you're done, you move on. But you're popular enough. Yeah, you get tours, you get signing tours you have to go on. Yeah, well, he was mentioning that there have been people that have written to him talking about how the Nevernight books especially. He's like, every people like the illuminate files like yeah. it, it's it's gone well yeah but there are people that like nevernight mm -hmm. love nevernight that people email yeah. them talking about how much it helped them get through all sorts of stuff divorces uh, yeah. deaths oh, yeah. depression that's awesome um coming out mm. with that with uh, mia being by right so you know he really wants to put in a good product so it's going to be delayed until that's September. awesome i mean i'm i'm glad he's doing it for good reasons he obviously wants to put out a good product uh, he obviously wants to deliver something that the fans will enjoy. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, 100%. I'm all for it. I guess in related news, mm -hmm. Jim Butcher did an AMA actually earlier today. This is Friday, June 1st. Ah. He did an AMA earlier today. Good old JB. Um, where most of the questions on there, and honestly, I am very impressed by all of the Jim Butcher fans that were on there. So many people were acting, asking very technical questions about the books and oh, very nice. obviously showed their passion. <laughs> Nobody was harassing him about when his Peace Talks coming out. <laughs> now, I guess that could be maybe he was going through and deleting those, maybe, possibly, maybe. but from what I saw, yeah. everybody was being really cool about that and not pestering him. That's so awesome. I, I am very proud of Yay. the Justin Viles fandom. The internet won today. <laughs> the internet run. Now... There was one person that asked 
very respectfully, yeah. if there was any update on Peace Talks. Uh, so the Redditor Game of Thrones Chic asked him, uh, <laughs> first of all, love all of your work. I'm going to keep this short, sweet, and to the point. And I'm asking on behalf of your fans who love you, but also miss Harry Dresden. Any news on Peace Talks? We all appreciate absolutely any info you can give us. <laughs> uh, so he responded, living without a workspace greatly impacted my ability to perform as a professional, but I fell in love with a girl who is awesome, and I was tired of not being near her. I started building a house that was supposed to be finished in nine months. It took three years. Oh. So it's been very difficult to get much work done in that time. Now, finally, I've got a house, and as soon as I'm not promoting briefcases, I will be kicking off the big middle scene of peace talks, and then all I have to do is write the roller coaster to the end of the story. Mm-hmm. My goal is to have it in the can before I get married in September. Oh, that's awesome. He's so if it's done in cool. September, hopefully sometime next year. Yeah. That'd I mean, be pretty cool. Yeah, that gives him September. that gives him what three or so months to finish peace talks, which yeah. it sounds like he's almost halfway through it. Yeah, working so, on the mid scene. So yeah, so that's... if he really gets on the roll, we could maybe see that next year. Man, what what happens? I'm curious to a house that takes nine months, switches it to three years. Oh, anything. Yeah, <laughs> anything. Because like I've got some friends that their house was supposed to be done, I think in March, mm-hmm. and like there was some bricking or something that they wanted that they told. Their their construction worker and this is way off topic of books yeah but yeah. he told them that they what they wanted in december yeah and he tried to wait until the very last minute to order it wow. and then it was back ordered for three or three or six months or something wow. like that so it, it can be like the smallest stupidest things yeah. that make it take forever wow okay well that's that that sucks that he's having to deal with that mm-hmm. um, i mean it could be weather if they had particularly yeah. bad weather around there you know it's funny um you think about that that comment because you know that person was was Trying to be respectful, uh-huh. they didn't. They didn't want to jump on him, so it was very much like, "Okay, I love you." <laughs> yeah. When's this coming out? Please, I love you. Don't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably exactly what was in their that's, mind. That's that was the pacing of that question as, it you, were, was. as, you, as you were reading. It was very much. It very so. much was. I love you. I love you. I love you. When's it coming out? I love you. I love you. Don't forget. I love you. Don't forget. I love you. This is on behalf of everyone, not just me. Yeah. Don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> everyone. Yeah. No. The the. Um, I, I do like, like you said, I like that all the commenters and all the questions were were technical and legitimate questions, not just, when's this coming out? When's yeah. this coming out? Are you going to hurry and release this? Yeah, no, I most of this. them were, how would this work in the Dresden universe? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That, that seems like it'd be a pretty fun AMA to read. Yeah, there were. And, dude, I swear, a lot of these people are either geniuses or they, like, have a Word document where they <laughs> save up these questions. Because so many from, like, seven and eight questions. I'm like, <laughs> how do you just do that on the fly? <laughs> They're just sitting on the train on the way to work, just like, all right, yeah. Oh, he's doing an AMA. Now is my time. <laughs> now is my chance. They pull out a, a pamphlet just full of notes. Yes. They just open it. It's all these cords going yeah, everywhere. You can just see, you can see Jim Butcher asking in, in a crowded room, um, so any questions? And just <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a desk in front of them. They just bring out a giant book. <laughs> yes. I have a few. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Okay, so that is it for, not news, but uh, it for uh, updates on right. upcoming books that we're all anxious for. Yeah. There is one other that we don't have any news on yet, but it's interesting. Ooh. So on Goodreads, uh, popped up in Lee Bardugo's work, was okay. a third to six of Crow's book. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was a two book It was thing. a duology. Ooh. And the story was finished up. It was wrapped up. I don't know how much you remember of reading it. A little it, bit, yeah. But yeah. It was wrapped up pretty well. The plot line is done. So it was interesting that this is going to be a sequel to Six of or to Six of Crows right. or and Crooked Kingdom rather than uh, the start of another series, another mm-hmm. spinoff. But it was it literally said sequel? 
Yeah, it says Six of Crows number three. And um, the only thing that it says right now is that it takes place several years after the events of Crooked Kingdom. I wonder if it's like a small teaser. It's kind of them kind of slowly pushing it out. I don't know. That I mean, either that or it's I a mean, fan doing a troll. Yeah, but. I, I don't know because I couldn't find anything on Lee Bardugo's website about it. Yeah. Well, and that's why it might just be a small leak, not a, an on-purpose leak. Right. It could be just kind of a, you know, hey, Internet, I hope you find the Easter egg I put. You know, that kind of thing. Someone did find it. Now they're all, what's this? What's this? And right. they're keeping silent till there's something to announce. Or it's someone playing a trick. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, there was so little information mm-hmm. that I don't know how reliable it is. But True. I guess yeah, we'll see. We'll never know. We will see. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll eventually know. We'll eventually. Yeah, yeah we'll eventually <laughs> learn. So the final news story that we have for today was that there is now a trailer available for uh, Ursula Le Guin documentary, A World of Ursula Le Guin, Ooh. which um, she passed away in January at right. 88 after decades and decades of work in science fiction and fantasy. Yeah, I remember talking about her. It's actually a really interesting trailer. The trailer is about two minutes long, and it's some interviews from her and also from other authors like Neil Gaiman talking about her work and how it impacted science fiction and fantasy. And one thing that was mentioned in there was uh, Ursula Le Guin talking about how initially she had such a difficult time writing um, main female characters. Because, I mean, especially at the time she began writing, it was very much a male-centric genre. Yeah. And so even her, as a woman, had difficulty kind of breaking into centering on a female character right trying to write something yeah Mm -hmm. wow that's crazy yeah and i mean she's like a pioneer of feminism in (laughs) science fiction and fantasy and even she had trouble with it at the beginning so see you male authors don't worry even even she had trouble but keep trying (laughs) but keep trying keep trying some of you are excellent some of you are doing really good we're rooting for you we're rooting for you you. (laughs) (laughs) no i just i mean it looked really interesting yeah it sounds Um, like a cool documentary is it where do you know where they're going to be showing it or no i looked for a release date and i could not find one hmm. i couldn't find it i couldn't find a release date anywhere um all i know is that it was some it was partially funded by a grant and then also crowdfunded by over three thousand people oh wow so uh, that's that's all the information i could really find on it other than the trailer It'll probably on youtube introduced by logan paul probably okay <laughs> <laughs> makes sense right well, there we go that is Good. news this week i feel like this was fairly positive news yeah not two bad. two book updates there and was... while it's sad you know when books are delayed it's it's for positive it's reasons. nice to hear from the author why and what's going on yeah, he's and being what very led transparent to it. about it yeah right 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 um yeah that's so there we go. that's what i got we need to know what's up with that six of crows book because that's yes. that's a series that i very much enjoyed <laughs> that i did not expect to see anymore right yeah, no, the way it, the way it was sounding when that one ended was very much a this is it. Yeah. But, hey. Absolutely. We'll take it. So with that, I suppose we're done with news. We will switch over to our talkie talk. Our talkie talk time, which was the first part as well, but now it's now it's gonna be the second part. Which, I mean, too. yeah, I guess technically we have been talking the whole time, but, but now it's review time. But now it's talking time. So we are going to be reviewing the graphic novel series Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Fiona Staples. There are currently eight novels or eight uh, books available. In the series right now, I believe the ninth volume is coming out in October or something like oh, wow. that, I believe. Um, so there's quite a bit of story available right now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and let's go into the story. The synopsis for it on Goodreads is actually pretty short. So, when two soldiers from opposing sides of a never-ending galactic war fall in love, they risk everything to bring a fragile new life into a dangerous old universe. So, I mean, that's really the short and sweet of it. So yeah. these two characters, um, Alana and Marco, they are soldiers in opposing sides of a war um, between Landfall and Wreath. Landfall is the planet. Wreath is its um, moon. It's moon. Mm-hmm. And nobody even knows why they're fighting anymore. But they've this, fought forever. This war has been going on for so long that mm-hmm. nobody even knows why. They just hate each other. Yeah, it's, yeah. And they got tired of destroying their own geographical area so they spread out to the rest of the galaxy right. to destroy everybody else's in their fight too and roped everybody else into there's, it there's actually a comment at one point and i think uh I, I remember if i remember correctly it's it said that the battle had spread out so far from landfall and reef the original two planets that the planets were experiencing prosperity yeah like, those two planets both, don't even see any fighting yeah, they anymore. don't even see any fighting the people living there don't really know about the fighting yeah it's it's, it's just everywhere else in the world that it's spread out yeah oh it's sucks when you get drafted but that's about it yeah that's and nobody wants to fight in the war so you get drafted that's the <laughs> yeah. only way they have any that's, soldiers yeah <laughs> so i mean there's so much to unpack i feel like that i know that i'm going to miss something like without a doubt i yeah. know i'm going to miss something yeah there's there's a lot to these these graphic novels and i would start off by saying the whole the whole universe the landfall and wreath setup i really enjoyed i really enjoyed the you know, I mean, you have a lot of civil wars. You have a lot of um, that. But I, I love, like we said, the idea of that it's spread out to other worlds. Yeah. Not necessarily because other worlds wanted to join in, but because those two sides then took sides of other wars. Mm-hmm. And then... Those, well, they forced them to by yeah. spreading out their war to those Exactly. Planets. And then the, the wars, the you know, fights that were already going on on other planets, these two show up and go, well, I'm taking this side. Well, I'm taking this side. Yeah. And I mean, how do you even choose sides in a war where there's no discussion i guess over yeah. you know who's right how do you decide who's right and who's wrong when you can't even remember what you're fighting about so it all purely comes down to what somebody's offering so it's not even any kind of like philosophical no. word it's not any kind of cultural it's just word. hey it's just, you're a moony hey you're a wings i'm gonna kill i you. hate you yeah exactly well, and that's and it's one thing i noticed as well um that this is kind of not really science fiction versus fantasy it's but both. in a way it is it's both i mean i yeah. feel i feel like I mean... Well, what I mean is they're both fighting each other because Landfall is very much more technological. Only they have wings and can fly. They have wings and can fly, but the Moonies are the They have the spells. They have the spells. They have magic. Uh, They live in more... That's true. They live in more, not necessarily tribalistic... Uh, groups. I hadn't thought of it that way. Honestly. When anytime it's shown wreath, it's trees and plants and uh, more of hill. You don't see as many cities. When it shows landfall, it's cities. Oh, you know what? I hadn't yeah. even thought about that. Yeah. As a science fiction versus fantasy, I, I saw it as a really it, cool blend of both. Honestly, it, and it definitely is a very cool blend of both. Um, but it was definitely that there was that conflict. Yeah, throughout the story, throughout the story, you've got both rocket ships and yeah. spaceships and magic spells and well, ghosts. I mean, and... Yeah, with their very first ship, they jump on. It's a tree. Yeah, it's, it's a, a tree it's rocket a tree ship. Rocket Ship, it's a combination right. of both, which Marco and Lana combination. Ah. Whoa. Whoa. Dude, did, Symbolism. Whoa, you got that. Why is the curtain purple, Greg? Why is the curtain purple? All right, I think this <laughs> this one the authors I think legitimately did though. <laughs> so it's it's definitely a really good blend. Uh, the world no, is really interesting. Well, and I like how there were several references in the story to real world issues like i Mm -hmm. felt like the story 
Oh, for was sure. Was so, so human. Very. But Even though there were no there humans. Were, yeah, there were no humans. But I, I felt like it was, like I said, called to real world issues mm-hmm. um, like war. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, like. Uh, racism. Gay rights, um, yeah. abortion, racism. Yeah. yeah there, were, there were a ton of these. But at the same time, I never felt like this story was calling out a specific mm. person. It no. was just discuss- discussing the issue at hand. Yeah. Without alluding to real world events and i liked just pure discussion and exploration of those topics yeah and especially talking on war i mean there are some there are some dark moments there's definitely some very dark uh depths that this these graphic novels take Uh, and and trying to stay spoiler free as possible there is a part of one of the books that it, it shows basically a world dying and by just this black mass destroying it. Mm-hmm. And there's like three pages of just blackness. Oh, wow. Like you see a character, a, a character that you know a little bit from that specific book. They don't stretch out to other books. Mm-hmm. Um, that you see them dying and begging. And then it's just blackness. Blackness for three pages. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, that's that's definitely where the speaking about war and the speaking about things without bashing you over the head with it. Well, and I also liked, you know, talking about that war and how it spread out to other people and... So many people are after Marco and Elena. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, okay, yeah, they... Everybody. <laughs> well, they, they abandoned their post. They uh, went AWOL. Mm. So for that, yeah, okay, we'll have, have them up on wanted lists or whatever. Like, if you find them, bring them in. Yeah. But, like, people are seriously They're after obsessed. them. Like, so yeah, obsessed with finding them. Mm-hmm. Big money and freelancers are sent after them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, what's what's such the big what's such a big deal about yeah. these two people running away together above, above the fact that they abandoned their post essentially. Yeah. And it comes down to eventually them somebody kind of references nobody wants either the Moonies or the Wings yeah. to consider the fact that maybe they could get along. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. They they want everybody to stay mad at the other end i, mean, I don't know I like even that. even marco and um elena or alana i think it's alana i think right? it's alana uh they even say at one point they discuss about it about how they didn't even know they could have a kid right that because it's never talked about it's mm-hmm. never a thought process it's always they're the enemy right you don't even think about procreating with them yeah so yeah like there's another character that assumes well when they meet their daughter hazel mm-hmm. assumes that uh, like her mother must have been raped or something, and that's oh, that's yeah. how it came about because oh, there's exactly. no possible way that two people could ever ever two people well, to a Mooney and a yeah a Mooney and a, a landfall a landfall yeah. a landfallian landfall could <laughs> want to be together. Yeah, actually, when that character because that character I know it's one you're talking about actually says, "Oh, your mother, your mother must have been a Mooney." raped by uh, landfall Mm -hmm. because because that character was mooney themselves and when they met the father marco and found out that he was mooney they were like wait what wait this doesn't make any sense like it completely Mm -hmm. confused them yeah because of that um i guess the the prejudice the prejudice the the, just the the common prejudice on both sides yeah just unwillingness to accept the other side as human and right. maybe there's somebody bad on my yeah. side oh yeah yeah exactly exactly I mean, so i guess i, I guess mean, that, there was also you mentioned the racism i mean it, yeah. it kind of that's yeah. almost exactly the same thing that's, that's exactly what that is yeah. yeah because both sides like we said at the beginning there's never an explanation of why one side's fighting the other it's no, just it is i don't like them they are you are a mooney so i hate you you are other than me yeah yeah you are not me so i hate you mm-hmm. that's very much how this book Especially between Wreath and Landfall, it's very much how it is. Yes, I think it explored those topics absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, yeah I mean, 100%. In, in every way, I think. And again, without banging it over your head, it's no. just a story. 
And it's just something you notice as you go along and something you see. Because mm-hmm. at no point do I don't think Marco or uh, Alana preach about it at any point. No. They're no, just, nobody ever no. preach. Well, okay. So maybe there's one character, Heist, the author. Yeah, Heist. He, he might get a little preachy a at little bit, some points, but, but not, uh, not bad. I think it's more he's describing like his books and he's yeah. he talks about it a little bit. But yeah, it's yeah, never. And he talks about what is the opposite of war. Exactly. And he keeps getting angry and people keep yeah. saying it's oh, peace. Oh, it's peace. He's like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I thought that was great. One thing that we didn't mention mm-hmm. uh, that we should have was that the story, uh, the, oh, the narrator is Hazel. Hazel, the daughter. The baby. Yeah, so in the very first scene of the very first book <laughs> is when she's being born. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't see her being born, but no. it's yeah, it, it's very yeah, obvious. That's what's to, happening. Yeah. But she, yeah, um, Alana's in labor. Yeah. So the interesting thing that she's the narrator, you know, she's a baby, and it's the entire story is her telling her entire story from before she can even remember remember yeah, it right it's an interesting choice for a narrator it is and it's it adds a cool little flavor to it for the in-between of this character being able to speak to you outside of the fourth wall and describe what's going on and right. give you that extra context of and still being there yeah. Um, it's it's a nice little touch. Because oh, here's, this toddler obviously is not this wise. <laughs> right. So there's a lot of allusion to things that are going to happen to her in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what's coming? I mean, she'll mention something about, you know, me and my grandmother would go here eventually. Yeah. And so it leaves the reader to wonder, well, where are your parents? Right. Like, what happened to them? Why yeah. aren't they with you? I do. I do like, there's one point, I want to say it's the end of the second book. There's kind of a... a I don't even know if you call it plot twist, but I definitely like it. it's the very last page. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's just kind of a, I don't know. I, I, I like some it of the It was touches. a cliffhanger. It was, it was a, a big cliffhanger. It was a big cliffhanger, but it was really well done because it was unexpected. Not, it, it, I, I saw it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I oh, did. I didn't. Okay. Um, that's it for a lot of the themes. I, I think, am positive we missed some of the themes. Oh, Can you I'm think sure. of anything else? No, I, I I mean we wrote them all out before. We talked so. I mean we talked about LGBT. Yeah, we there did. is the some representation. representation. And that's again, it's not something that's beat over your head. I mean it's, it's the characters it's, just are. It's explored both in the sense of the racism in the whole um, loving somebody that the establishment maybe doesn't want you to or that mm-hmm. society doesn't want you to. Right. Um, but there is one gay couple. There is a trans character. Mm-hmm. And there's also a gay couple yeah, there's in a, the story as there's well. There's a gay character as well. She's by herself. She talks about her past girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, you, if, if you've if you seen that part yet or not. Yeah, I'm like two books behind. Yeah. I haven't read seven You'll have yet. it done right after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is a character who talks about her girlfriend she had before she died. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I remember that now. Yeah. I remember that. Right. Okay. So, there's good representation. Yeah, no, lots of good representation. And we'll actually get into... Well, we'll mention that a little bit later on. Yeah. So, let's move on to the art. <laughs> it's a graphic novel. It's we haven't talked about novel. the art yet. This is the first time we've talked about art <laughs> in one of our podcasts. So, yeah, no, I've felt like... I mean, as far as quality of the artwork... Beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. yeah. Some of the images are absolutely stunning. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the images are, are in, beautiful. In multiple ways. And there are others that are so, not. So, <laughs> yeah, so... Full warning yes. for anybody going into this. Not for children. Not for children. It is very sexually explicit. Yes. Um, it It's not overly violent, but at times there it is some be. violence. Yeah, sometimes there is. Yeah. Um, it, can, it can be gruesome at times. Again, the it's, violence doesn't go over the top, but there is some. There's... Uh, the violent doesn't go over the top, but there is times when you'll see mutilated bodies. You'll yeah. see, you know, there's a character who literally she floats around with her intestines hanging yeah. out. That's not graphic, but 
Um, I mean, I mean, I think there's the second scene in the book is a sex scene, right? Oh yeah, a I mean, weird one which okay. we'll get into. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Actually. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, very sexually explicit. Yes, lots of which male and female parts. I didn't mind. To uh, to a point, I don't. I I get some of the things were shock value. Um, yeah, and that was the point behind it. Example: There's a giant who uh, you see everything. And I, when I say I everything... I mean, they go, like, down to his ankles. Oh, yeah, they hang. And it's gross. It's disgusting. I mean, this guy's probably, what, a good 50 feet tall? Yeah, you see everything. Hangs to his Yeah, ankles. wearing nothing. Wearing not, no- not a thing. <laughs> Birthday not a thing. suit. Birthday suit. <laughs> and... And it's a big one. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I, and, and I get it. I get that... It, I don't if, you, know. if it's a, if it, okay, so if you think about it as it's a mindless creature, yeah. why would it be wearing clothes? True, very true. Uh, at the same time, why did it have to be so big into my face? <laughs> because why I, were you holding the book that close <laughs> to your face, Greg? Okay, he's a pretty big guy. I mean, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, I could hold the book at arm's length. It's still in my face. Um, there were multiple times I went, "Why? I don't need to yeah. see that." So- I and and I. I get it was part of the book. I get it was part of the realism, I guess you could say. Yeah. But there was a couple of things that I just went, I don't need to see that. Like, I, I don't want to see that. And I maybe mean, that's the reaction the other one for. that kind of stands out to me is a dragon oh, um, orally pleasuring itself. <laughs> oh. And just, why? That's my question. I mean, why, okay, but why have human sex scenes? You know? Because that, uh, okay, and maybe it's because that's natural to me. Maybe that's why. And maybe that's the point. True. You're, you are not wrong. I, I that, mean, maybe, yeah. maybe sex other than the kind that you experience is okay too. True. And I, and I'm not saying that sex or genitalia. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that's wrong. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like I, I get, maybe it's what the artist wanted. It fit the book. It fit the realism of it. It fit the gruesome, reality of it that mm-hmm. these things are how they are um i still don't want to see it <laughs> you actually told me about the dragon part before it came up and i might what, have taken a picture and sent it to oh, <laughs> it might which he then sent on to other people because we were all talking at the same time yeah. and it became the name of our pirate ship kind of, actually <laughs> yeah yes. kind of. it led to the name of our, of our pirate ship um but I remember seeing, I was reading, I was starting that book that that is in. And I remember they're saying something about, we have to get blah, blah, blah from Dragon. And I'm like, oh no, it's in this one. When is it? <laughs> when? And I saw it and went, yep, already seen that. <laughs> Moved on. Except <laughs> there was no dialogue or anything. No, no, it's, it's two pages. It's two <laughs> it's pages. It's a big dragon, It's Greg. a big dragon. <laughs> uh, hey, I mean, the giant was big. It only took up one page. Anyway. <laughs> no, and, and I, like you said, maybe it is about, you know, different types of anatomy, different types of sex, different types of, of all that. Uh, it, it's okay too. And it is, I just don't want to see it. I don't yeah, I mean, it's, and I'm, and I'm not saying in any way that I was like, yeah, I want to see the human. I banging, felt like but... sometimes the, the book would ask, Oh, are you uncomfortable with this? <laughs> it did. It did. So it, it definitely, it definitely felt more intentional than the author's just trying to gross you out. It was definitely more an intentional make you uncomfortable. The only you know. the only time that I really scratched my head at at the at the sex scenes and the sexual explicitness mm-hmm. yeah. was um during during one sex scene and it was with 
uh, the gay couple, the yeah. journalist. <laughs> and it, it wasn't for that reason no, at no. all. The only part that really made me scratch my head is they're having like a totally serious conversation. Legitimate conversation. While they're doing it. And while they're it's, going. It's like it doesn't even seem like they're like grunting or like <laughs> it's just like out of so, breath or anything this is what i think about this situation and just currently just having a normal conversation yeah <laughs> so that i'm like who, who's able to have a full-on conversation yeah well i don't during know. that I, I don't know so that's the only part that i felt like maybe was forced in yeah like okay if you want to have a gay sex scene that's you know you you had some between marco and alana yeah and then like interrupted in there is a serious conversation yeah and if you wanted, you know, I don't know, doing that the same way with with that couple, yeah, was fine. It just, I don't know. That's that's that, why it seemed forced. It was like, oh well, we in that vein of does this make you uncomfortable, or yeah. you know, sex is okay regardless yeah. of who yeah. it is, as long as both parties are consenting, etc. Yeah. Um, it was it was in that vein. I felt like it it was right for that scene to mm-hmm. be included. Yeah. It just felt forced because of the way it was done. I can, I can agree with that. Um, I, I, there's only one, one thing I, I can remember, um, and I don't want to, uh, <laughs> that, that one, one scene that I didn't want to see, um, it was about one of the characters, uh, masturbating and you don't see him actually doing anything, uh-huh. but you do see full on, like it takes a panel of just his junk fully erect and i'm like why why i know what he's doing you could do other things without <laughs> showing me that you could still show what we he's need doing to get the page count up maybe <laughs> <laughs> i mean it wasn't a full page or anything it was one panel. it was yeah one panel on a page but that kind of leads into because that character was uh one of the main characters prince robot okay uh, which can kind of lead us into talking about um the robots themselves the robot kingdom yeah which are their own thing so a um, lot of the other life forms because yeah. because like uh marco is a mooney yeah. i mean the only thing that really makes him not human is he has horns and alana by the same way i mean the only thing that makes her not human is that she has wings right so still very human oh yeah and her wings are small enough she can hide them she yeah. can put them away and and you can't see them yeah so prince robot is, the robot kingdom's weird. It is. I it's, mean, it just is. It's just very weird, and and it's hard to explain. Uh, but literally, their heads are monitors. Yeah, they have com- they have human bodies. Everything else is human, hundred percent. But they have TVs for heads or it, computer monitors for heads. It makes no sense. You don't know where they're talking from. Well, every once in a while, an image will pop up on the screen when they're thinking about something, or well, and they're the robot kingdom, but they're also biological. Right, exactly. Because they eat mm-hmm. and they sleep and mm-hmm. they reproduce. Yeah, they have sex. That's yeah. that's the sex scene we're talking about at the beginning of the yeah, book. Yeah, that was yeah, it was the first sex. Kind scene of out of nowhere because it's the first time you see robot people and it's just yeah. two monitors having sex. <laughs> well, they have bodies. They have bodies, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's very strange, and I there are multiple times I can say or I can I can think of one time. That I face palmed, and it's when you met the robot king. Oh yeah, because he and has a flat screen. He has a flat screen, screen head, and it's huge. Yeah. And I remember saying out loud, "Really, just yeah. really?" Because you got to think, how did he grow up with that? I mean, not right. everybody else has that. Everybody right. else is pretty. I mean, the prince robot monitors. doesn't have that. The janitor robot has like an old time. He has TV a black head. and white TV. Yeah. But yeah, did it, I mean? Do you get a new installation when you become king? I mean, <laughs> how <laughs> cut does, off your head and put a new one on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just download you. Um, it's just like, I, I facepalmed on that cause they're, they're odd. It's hard to try to understand them. There's actually a character at one point who says, how do you drink? Like how? Cause you never see it. Yeah. They have no mouth. There's no moving lips. 
It's literally just a monitor. There, I don't know, because with that being the second scene in the book, I felt like that kind of set the tone for <laughs> you, you're not going to know yeah. what to expect you're out of be the world building here. Yeah. yeah you're going to you're... have no idea what to expect out of the world building. <laughs> Hold on to your seat. <laughs> yeah. Because there was um, another character that you meet in the first book who, um, it's a she's topless, and she's got like kind of like spidery legs. Yeah, she's, she's um, a spider from her waist down. Yeah, she's a spider from the waist down. And then she's human from the waist up, except she has no, no arms. arms and she has like a bajillion red eyes. Yeah. So, I mean, that felt more alien, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. 100%. It, it felt weird. more like an expected alien. Whereas the robot kingdom, it was, all right. Yeah. I mean, I mean you they know, have this, is, this is different. Yeah. yeah. They have humanoid bodies. Just the weird uh, monitor head. The only thing I can say about uh, the spider lady, I forgot her name. I know she was a freelancer, the, but. That's going to bother me. It was I know the, she's the something. All the freelancers are the something. The stalk. The stalk. That's it. There's a scene of her and a human having sex. Yeah. And I don't understand I, how that works. I don't want to know. But at the same time, I'm like, how? Yeah. Like, never mind. <laughs> so <laughs> there are scenes like that. But the, yeah, the robot people, just going back to them, they just utterly confused me and were just weird. And I think that was their point. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think it was meant to set the stage for yeah. you're not going to no. know what to expect out I mean, of this. It's, this is not going to be your every other science fiction series. Right, and I don't know how I feel about Prince Robot. I don't know, was he the fifth or the sixth? Fourth. The fourth? Fourth. He's Prince Robot the fourth. Ivy. So yeah, I didn't know how to feel about him either as a character. Yeah, I kind of went back and forth on him. Yeah, because I mean, at the beginning he was fine. I understood it. He had been yeah. in war. He had had problems. He'd, like I kind of sympathized with him. Like yeah, like he's one of the ones after Alana or Elena, Alana, Alana, uh, Marco. Well, I, I think, never, I think, I think yeah. we agreed on Alana. I think yeah. we did. Okay, so he's one of the ones after Alana and Marco, mm-hmm. and you know he's got a wife at home who's pregnant with his first kid yeah. you know he's royalty so he's got to keep appearances exactly so th- i felt like there was a lot to him yeah but it's like i i didn't like him at first because he's after the main characters of course but I then like, as a bad guy yeah i felt like he grew a lot he did over the course I mean, of the series he flipped really hard because uh, the thing that the things that happened, he flipped yeah, really hard, but in a believable way. Like yeah, yeah. his motivations for everything made sense, and he maintained the same personality and yeah. same, I guess, opinions about he did other he, people. Because even when even later on in the books, when he has points where he's interacting with Marco and Alana, it's very much a I'm gonna deal with you for now, but I don't like you. you yeah, know, that very much that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. I guess we can go back into characters. Because that <laughs> was. Do you have anything else for artwork or other character styles? I guess. No. Or? Definitely. Definitely want to end it with beautiful, beautifully drawn, yes. beautifully made. Uh, so a lot of beautiful scenes, a lot of weird ones, but I believe that was the intention. So. Okay. So, so more characters. Um, we've talked a little bit about Alana and Marco. Prince Robot. Yeah. Um, I mean, Alana is, in a way, she's a little bit of the stereotypical soldier chick. She's kind of crazy. She's crazy. She's kind of a rough and tough kind of character. Um, But at the same time, like, she loves her family, like her husband and her daughter, like, very much will do absolutely anything for them. Um, so I felt like she was well rounded. Like her favorite book is this romance book <laughs> that everyone else is like, this is garbage. <laughs> yeah, and then there's Marco, Except who Margo. after things that have been going on, and he wants to protect his family. He wants to not be a part of the violence anymore. Yeah, um, I felt like they were their relationship was amazing. Yeah, 
I can I definitely want to say one thing about their relationship I kind of noticed is both start out very differently uh, in the way of Marco the, in the whole book he's very much he wants nonviolence he is very much against the war and he's very much more of a you know he's a vegan he's very much um, not the peace love man type but he was very much you know he wants the fighting to stop and, and right. Alana's the same way but differently. Because she starts off very aggressive, very, you know, I'm going to kick people's shit in if they mess with my family kind of right. way. Uh, and as as the books progressed, they didn't switch, but they definitely took on the qualities of the other. Uh-huh. Marco fought a bit more. He, not not in an angry way, uh, but later on he definitely fights for his family more. Because at the beginning he does, uh, I have a vow, I'm not going to fight. You know, I'm here just to protect my family. I, I will not fight. And he breaks that vow many times, mm-hmm. um, but it's always to protect his family. And as he grows, uh, he does that more. He's still peace loving. He still wants the war to end, but he definitely fights more. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with Alana, I definitely see there's some transgression, you know, some transition phases. Um, but towards the eighth book, she definitely becomes. Uh, she's caring the whole time, but she definitely calms down a lot more. Yeah. She becomes more motherly. She becomes, she, I mean, she cares about her daughter the whole time. There's never a moment she doesn't, but she definitely becomes more uh, calm down is the best thing I can think of. Yeah. She's definitely chill, chills out a lot more. She comes more. down to earth a little more. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I loved that dynamic that they still loved each other and got along at the beginning, but they were so different. And now they've kind of adapted to each other right? and they fit so much better by the eighth book at least. Okay, so next of the main characters I feel like talking about that are really um, discussion-worthy is, like, we loved Isabel. Yeah, Isabel Isabel's the ghost babysitter, <laughs> who's amazing. Who's I hilarious. love Isabel to death. I think there's one point when, because uh, there's a, a really cool cat that we like as well called Lion Cat. Lion Cat is my actual <laughs> favorite character. And there's one point she's like trying to scare Lion Cat away, because since she's you know an undead ghost... Um, she turns into like a mother cat with babies, like, su- you know, you know, suckling. And uh, she says something to the effect of, you've always been the runt of the litter or something like that. <laughs> just trying to scare him off. <laughs> I, I just, I love Lion Cat. Yeah. Cause he, yeah. his whole thing, like he's a giant blue greenish cat. Yeah. Blue greenish. Yeah. And the only thing he ever says is lying. When somebody tells a lie. He detects a lie and it leads to some hilarity. It absolutely does. Cause someone's... like when somebody exaggerates yeah, or something like <laughs> lying. that. Lying. And. And his owner, the will, will look at him and be like, go away. Not, not right you, now. Can you just take a I walk? love you, but walk. <laughs> I loved Lion Cat. Yes. So Lion Cat's great. Isabel was, was fantastic. She's the babysitter, basically. Mm-hmm. She was a spirit that met with them. And she's like, I'll help you get off this planet if you let me attach to your child. I like, thought she was going to sure. take on a bigger role in yeah, the series. Unfortunately, she was just the babysitter. Yeah. I She was the comic relief, I think. Yeah, she was a little bit comic relief. She got them out of a few situations yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I wish she had had a bigger role in this Me story well. or yeah. had a bigger role. Right. Uh, then there's Gwendolyn. Yep. That is Marco's fiance Ex. from before he went uh, <laughs> into, the, into the war. Yeah. And so she's another one after him. And yeah. I, I thought she was going to be a much smaller character, but nope. she took a she much took bigger over. role. Yeah, she took over. Again, I liked her. I didn't love her, but I liked her. I liked her character. I liked her motivations and why she was doing what she was doing. Um, because she was still very, um, loyal to the moon, to, right. uh, to wreath. Um, but at the same time, especially at the beginning, she was very mouth, very much out for blood against Marco because mm-hmm. she knows that, you know, he's went and had a child with another woman and yeah. married another woman. So, <laughs> and that woman is the enemy, right? <laughs> You're supposed to be hating her. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so then there's Sophie. Sophie. Um, Sophie was a child prostitute. Yes, yeah. That the, the Will the, uh, freelancer. The, yeah, the Will's a freelancer. He like demanded her release when he found out about it. He didn't even know her. Yeah. It was just he was looking for a good time, and somebody suggested, oh, well, I've got somebody that'll submit to your every whim, and introduced him, and she's the will like, just starts punching faces she's in. She's like a seven-year-old girl or something. Yeah. yeah, she's very young. She's adorable, though. She is. Once once he gets her out of there, and she's, you know, not sex... I think they call her slave girl the whole time, till he names yeah. her Sophie. Um, and yeah, she is. she's awesome. She's very passionate in later books, once mm-hmm. she grows up a little bit. Because uh, I want to say these books are over... They're over a couple years. A couple years at least. I can't, How old is Alana in the last book? Because I want to say Hazel's... Or Hazel. Yeah, Hazel. I, I want to say she's... She's got to be at least three or four, I think. By the, by the eighth book? I think so. She's wow, still pretty... So this is going to go on for a while then. She's pretty young. Yeah, okay. she's still pretty young by the eighth book. Um, because she can fully talk. She can fully yeah. move. I mean, she may even be older maybe than that. Maybe six or so then. Yeah, maybe maybe a little older. Because um, she's she has good vocabulary. She's not like slurring words. So I, I think it lasts over a few years. So Sophie grows up as well. Mm-hmm. So she's got to be about 10 or so, 10 I to 12. Say. Yeah, yeah. Because she's, yeah. But yeah, overall, I, I like Sophie okay. I, mean, I, I just thought she was adorable. Yeah. Especially at the beginning. She was very yeah. cute. She was adorable. Um, we've talked about the will a little bit. Um, I could take him or leave him, honestly. Yeah, he was a little weird. He's kind of just your everyday freelancer. Mercenary. I mean, it, yeah, mercenary. He dives into his character a little bit with yeah. how much you know his past relationships and you know his sister and everything. Mm-hmm. It it gives him more personality than just oh he's a mercenary and he yeah. just wants money. You know, yeah. oh and you know then he's the good guy that'll beat people up because the child's being abused. You know, he's he's deeper than a stereotypical. And then he goes bad again because yeah. he lost someone he cared about and blah, blah, blah. yeah he he was okay. He got a little I don't, annoying. I didn't really care. He for got him. fat. He got fat too. Yeah, <laughs> he did get fat. He did. Um, yeah, he was okay. He had Lion Cat. That was that was. Yeah, one of that the was the things. best part of the that will was, was Lion yeah, Cat. He had Lion Cat. <laughs> um, that was just about it for characters. Yeah, um, I mean, another character you see for a little bit is Marco's mom, which unfortunately I can't remember her name. Um, but Marco's mom's a, a main character for some of the books. Yeah, uh, she's around. It, um, she was. The voice of wisdom. Yeah. Before Alana and Marco kind of started coming into their own wisdom. Right. Right. Is yeah. basically what she was. Yeah. She was. She was the grandmother who was telling you how you were doing everything wrong, but yeah. in a loving way. But in a, in a way. In a way of I want you to be better, so I'm going to tell you what you're doing wrong, so you do better. Kind yes. of attitude. Yeah. Um. She cares, but at the same time. <laughs> so ov- rough. So overall, I mean. Yeah. How does this story rate for you? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The story itself is good. I, I definitely love the trials and tribulation that Marco and uh, Alana go through. Um, I can say that I think, and this may be all graphic novels. Again, this, you know, since I don't have much experience with graphic novels, I feel like I miss a lot of time in between books. Um, and the best thing I can compare this to is another anime series I watched called Sword Art Online. Um, I feel like... Sometimes there's big gaps in between that I wish I could see more. Okay. Um, and that's just me personally. Again, this graphic novels may just be this way, uh, in where that there is a good passage of time between each book sometimes, mm-hmm. um, just depending on where the story's at. And my problem is, is they don't always explain how long it's been. And that throws me off because I yeah. personally like to have a timeline. I personally like to have, I, I mean, I don't need it written out perfectly, mm-hmm. but I like to have a, oh, cool. 
at the beginning of the book, oh, yeah, it's been three years since that incident. You know, that's a terrible way to do it. Right. But I, I, I kind of like to have something like that, but that's just my personal feeling. Otherwise, I love I love all the characters. I love their interactions with each other. I, I feel like there's some deaths that were unnecessary, and maybe it's just because I liked those characters and I wish they could been around more. Yeah. But overall, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I, I definitely want to keep up with it and, okay. and see how it ends. Okay. Yeah, I am very impressed. And, and like I've mentioned, I don't have much experience with graphic novels, but I was very impressed with how emotionally pulled in I was mm-hmm. with Marco and Alana's story and their relationship. And, and maybe I shouldn't be surprised by that. I just... I, I thought it was amazingly well done, and mm-hmm. the characters in the world is very well built. Very believable between Marco and um, yeah. uh, Marco and Elena, because I mean they have moments where they fight. They have yeah, they have moments. They where have they... a very realistic relationship. Yeah, yeah. I think that the themes that the book dived in dove into. Um, it did a wonderful job at discussing them. Uh, drug use was oh, one that we that's forgot one to we mention. Forgot to mention drug use. Drug definitely. use is one we forgot. That's a big one. No, I, I love the series. I very much want to see uh, how it ends. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Well, there we go. I think there that's our review of our first graphic novel. That is. Uh, let us know if you want us to read more of yeah. these. Yeah. Because there are tons out there that yeah. we have not touched. Yeah, so. if you have any suggestions, we would love to, to dive into those. Yes. Also, if you've read Saga, let us know what you thought. Yep. Did we forget to talk about something? Yeah, this, this may be one I think when the final book of the series comes out, we'll bring back and talk about again. Yeah. Because... I definitely want to know how it ends. I definitely yeah. want to, to see see where it goes. Next week, I believe we are going to be reading Lifelike by Jay Kristoff. That is his newest book. And, you know, we religiously we like read everything that he writes. So <laughs> we like him. we're yeah. going to be reading Lifelike. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're into <laughs> fantasy, you know Jay Kristoff. <laughs> <laughs> If you would like to drop us a line, let you let us know what you thought of the show. If yeah. you would like to check out Saga, there will be... I don't know if there are any box sets out. There are some uh, co- book collections, I mm-hmm. think, of th- three books at a time, maybe yep. four. Yep. We will have links to it on Amazon yep. Books and... Book Barnes Depos- and Noble. Man, I cannot speak today. <laughs> it's the heat. <laughs> Barnes & Noble and Book Depository. Um, so if you want to support the show and you want to check out Saga, definitely check that out. Yep. Um, just, I mean, cause it is kind of an eight book series and I think book one is 10 bucks. The rest are like 15. So it does yeah. add up. We actually read it from our local yeah. library. So yeah. if that's just too much and you want to check it out, we're not going to say you have to buy it just to support us. Yeah. Check it out at your library. Local libraries need support all the they time do. too. Fully. Yeah. Go do it. So, uh, other than that, we are on Twitter at book geeks, UNC. We're on Facebook at two book geeks, UNC, as well as in our Facebook group. Yes. Uh, where we love so having discussions and chats with everybody. So join that for sure to keep oh, yeah. in contact with us. Uh, we're on Instagram at book geeks Uncompromised, Although I do not upload anything nearly as often <laughs> as I need to. Right. Uh, and everything else reviews, uh, tags, top 10 Tuesdays. You can find yeah. at our website, bookgeeksunc.com. There we go. That's it. As well as don't forget audible trial, dot com slash book geeks unc uh definitely go try out a free 30-day trial and a free book yep absolutely so we will see you next time everybody have a great week